Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Squares Contest. There's a $1,000 prize pool, and it's completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter today. And make sure you check out SGPN's Big Game Bingo. $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo hit exclusively on the SGPN app. Money is fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's been a little bit of time. We are back. It's like it's been like five days since we recorded, which isn't really that much time. But for us lately, that's been a lot of time. Uh, I am Blake Meyer, as always, and joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today? Yeah, I mean, it has been a while, especially for me. I, I usually record podcasts pretty much daily between this and the uh, Hockey Gambling Podcast. Make sure you check that out if you're a hockey fan. But, uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of stuff going on this week. Uh, hockey is now in the All-Star break, so I haven't been recording that. But yeah, it's uh, getting right back into it, like riding a bike here. Okay, right, right, podcasting, riding a bike, just the same thing. Are we back and better than ever? It is February now. It's the first episode of February, which means it's almost time for pitchers and catchers to report, which means baseball is ramping up, which means everything in my life is getting better. And we get to continue this podcast into the season instead of starting it at the end of the season and rolling into the off season. And I'm so excited for this. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, exciting first first full season. For, it's really our first season. Like we started in September. We we didn't have any 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 listeners or anything. But yeah, we're ramping up here with with our rankings, with our draft strategy. Plenty of stuff here to come in February, as you said. Pitchers and catchers, I think, report. Is it Valentine's Day or, or the 16th? Sometime, sometime that week. So just just a few weeks away now, we'll be seeing the uh, the pictures of the guys uh, throwing and then the sound of the, the ball popping and, and the glove. It's going to be a, a glorious thing. Right. And I think I'm like I'm five weeks away from my ass being in the sunshine in Arizona, watching some spring training, just visualizing myself being at T-Mobile with a beer in my hand. I this is literally like almost my favorite time of year. Baseball season is my favorite time of year, but the month before baseball season, like the anticipation and excitement is incredible. And on that note, speaking of incredible, we're going to talk about some second baseman today. I know last episode we did our first base rankings. I think that was our last episode, right? First base rankings. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so we figured, you know, why not? We did catchers. And then we did first base. So why not just keep the theme going and do second base? Especially it's it's pretty much draft season right now. I know uh, the great fantasy baseball invitational just sent out their their notice to everybody that the league is ready to be filled. And so we will be doing that this year. And as far as I'm concerned, once once you get that email, it's baseball season. It's fantasy baseball drafting season. So we need to cover some second baseman. 
Yeah, I mean, ESPN launched their launched their drafts or whatever a few weeks ago. Yahoo just did, um, I think, earlier this week, late last week. So yeah, we got, we got ESPN going, we got Yahoo going, we got we got everything going. It's draft season. You you can smell it in the air. <laughs> it smells better than Tacoma does out here by my work. There, the port stinks like hell, and I got to leave and smell that every day when I leave the day job, which is awesome to just let everybody know. But that's the first thing that comes to mind, especially. It smelled like awfully bad today when I left and I got home a little bit ago. So I'm still living in that memory right now, having flashbacks. But well, let's I, uh, let's kick this off. Let's, let's uh, refresh your palate here a little bit. Get, get your get your senses back to you with our second base rankings here. I think this might be the only one we agree on. So we have to we have to celebrate this. Uh, best overall second baseman is Mookie Betts. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, I was so worried you were going to say somebody else. <laughs> yeah, it has to be Mookie. He's incredible. Uh, if you've listened to our show before, you know we are very big on dual position eligibility. Mookie has the outfield and second base. Probably two of the most premier positions to get the elite players at this year because there's almost no depth. There's a little depth, but almost no depth. And so getting somebody that is that good, that plays in that good of a lineup, that plays both of those positions in fantasy is immaculate. Yeah. Thinking about that now, second base outfield, they're probably two of the shallowest positions uh, this season. I wouldn't hate this might be a a future episode. Like I wouldn't hate taking bets like third or fourth overall, uh, just ahead of these other outfielders to get that second base eligibility because as he's an outfielder, he's going to be playing outfield. I'm pretty sure for the, uh, Dodgers there who have uh, Miguel Vargas at second base. Bets at right field leading off there. He's been as consistent as they come. 35 home runs last year. Averages 31 home runs a season. Hits 293. He has speed. We always talk about the uh, the bases getting a little bit bigger. People may be going for uh, st- stretching those singles into doubles, doubles into triples. Of course, stolen bases. So he, he, he does it all. And he's someone that, for the most part, stays healthy. He's played... Uh, uh, he missed 40 games in 2021, which was the most he's missed in his career. So he's a guy you can draft in the first round and uh, set it. And don't don't set it and forget it because you can set it and tinker with it because you can put him at second. You can put him in outfield. You can you can take someone later. You take take a flyer on a, on a on a late second baseman and on a late outfielder. And if one of those pans out, great. You put bets the other spot. But I think there's going to be an argument. I I, I want to do an argument, uh, an episode here, bets for first overall. <laughs> I I love that idea because everything that you see when you look at like his baseball savant page, for example, first of all, it's all red. Even the defensive numbers. I mean, sprint speed's 49th percentile, but I'll count that as red. Even though it's white, it's not blue, so it's good. <laughs> but 9.7% barrel rate last year was the third best of his career. Uh, best since 2019, 90.5 mile an hour average exit velo, perfect 36.2 sweet spot percentage, 44.9 hard hit rate. Like he makes really good contact and he doesn't strike out that much. He did have the highest K rate of his career last year, but it was only 16%. So like even then it's above league average. League average is 22%. So 6% better than that. And he walks a good amount. He's a guy, he does everything. 40 home runs last year and 35 home runs, which is absolutely nuts. He has the ability to hit 300. He's done it in the past. He hasn't done it in a few years. Uh, 2020 was the last year, but we don't count that year because it's only 55 games that he played. But he hit 295 in 2019. He's just 
good. Like, it, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about Mookie Betts. He's good in the outfield. He's good at the plate. He's good on the bases. And he's really fucking good at bowling, too. So, like, he's just good at everything. <laughs> I, and I could see Betts falling down to possibly even the second round. I mean, uh, Fantasy Pros here has him 11th overall. You have all those outfielders ahead of him. And people could look at him, you know, Dodgers aren't as good as, as they were once were. You know, Betts is getting to that point where he's not like the, the hot young kid on the block here. He's 30 years old, he's a, but he's, a, he's that solid veteran. You, you know what you're going to get, and he is uh, very firmly atop the uh, number one spot. And uh, Blake, who do you have as your second <laughs> overall second baseman for the 2023 fantasy baseball season? I saw that coming. My second overall is Jazz Chisholm. My second overall, he's going to get the dual eligibility right now. I guess right, not right now, but in the season, he's going to get the dual eligibility. He'll have the same dual eligibility as Mookie Betts. We just talked about how crucial that's going to be. I mean, he's in a way worse lineup, but Jazz is the man. Like, if he can stay healthy... That's a big key. When I do my rankings, uh, a lot of my rankings has to do with one. It does have to do a little bit with health, but I like to look at kind of where a player's floor is and then just how high their ceiling is. And aside from Mookie Betts, I don't think there's a second baseman that has a higher ceiling than Jazz. Again, if he stays healthy, but I'm banking on the fact that I really think he's kind of taken note of the things that he's done and the level of intensity that he's played with that has kind of resulted in a lot of those injuries. And I'm hoping that it translates into him being a little more cautious so that he could be on the field more. Because if he could be on the field more, in his last 184 games, he's got 32 home runs, 35 stolen bases, 30 doubles, and eight triples. He's an extra base machine. He strikes out quite a bit, but he's going to carry a higher Babbitt, which is going to help his average. And he does everything, especially in terms of fantasy. He's he's the ultimate weapon. Yeah, but you said it. He's only played 184 games of the past two seasons, only played 60 games last season. Sure, he, he might have the, the second highest ceiling outside of Mookie Betts, but even looking at his minors numbers, his best year, he had 25 home runs, 70 RBIs, and 112 games. Maybe extrapolate that. Maybe he gets up to 30, 35 home runs, whatever, at the majors. But I just don't know how you can pass up some of these other guys, I guess, down your list here. you got Altuve, Semyon, <laughs> Albies. You could even argue for someone solid like Tommy Edmond at him, who, who we've, we've said, oh, you don't want Tommy Edmond. But Tommy Edmond's a, a solid second baseman, and you know what you're going to get. He's going to stay healthy. Jazz, yeah, I, I'll believe it. I'll believe he'll get center field eligibility when I see it. I'm not sure if he's ever played there before in his career. If he has, great. It's going to help them. But, I mean, the Marlins, as, as an aside here, the Marlins infield situation is just incredible. With it, They traded for Arias, who's played first base for the Twins. He's going to play second base. They signed Gene Segura, who played second base for the Phillies. He's playing third base. And they have Joey Wendell at, at shortstop, who I think is more of a just utility first base, second base guy. So their infield is all over and they're moving Jazz Chisholm, who is probably, I think he's a great defensive shortstop from what, from how he is. Yeah. Sprint speed, yeah. 94% out above average, 82%. Doesn't have a good arm strength there. So maybe not good in center field either, but I don't know why they're moving him there. Uh, yeah. Jazz Chisholm, very exciting. Um, 
he got on the cover of MLB The Show, which is also interesting. I don't know if you had a inside a inside job there, nominating him or, or voting <laughs> for him or however that worked. But yeah, um, yeah, I have Jazz fifth overall. I, I have him behind all those guys I mentioned: Altuve, Semien, and Albies. Um, it it I mean, wouldn't shock me if he's the second best second baseman come season end, but he has not shown that, and those other guys have. I will admit, I did before the outfield news came out. I had him at, I think I had him at fourth before the I, outfield. News I don't think came out. I don't I don't think that 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 should. Uh, okay, who do you want to talk more about also, Jazz or who do you have third here? I mean, to, to help with why I like jazz so much, you know, I love barrel rates, 16.7% barrel rate last year, 90.4 mile per hour average, hour average exit velo. I mean, his X slug was 473. That's like 70 points higher than the league average. He had a 37% sweet spot rate and he dropped his K rate for the third year in a row while also raising his walk rate to the highest it's ever been. He, he's made a lot of improvements and from everything I've seen, he looks completely healthy. In the offseason. So he's going to be going into the season healthy with the speed, with the bat. I mean, he could be the worst defensive outfielder in all of baseball. The Marlins are going to find a way to keep him in the lineup, and he's only got to play, what, like 10 games for to get the eligibility? They'll try him out there for 10 games yeah, at the minimum. Yeah. And, like, once that happens, he's locked in for fantasy for this year and for next year. And it just – aids to his value with how how kind of thin second base and outfield are it, but i mean well i also have to bring it up because i know we mentioned it in the past but if, if it's a new listener here they don't know this jess just broke his back last season that's why he <laughs> that's why he missed the last two or three months there and he also had a torn meniscus so he's coming off that and i hate to do this because like i love jazz watching him with the, with the euro step celebration after home run he's a fun guy fun young player here in the league but you're just you can't put them above these these next guys yet. Uh, I know who your third is. Do you want to talk about your third? Because I have reasons why. But see, it also like is your third me, not? Wait, I didn't even go over my second. My third. Oh, well, I mean, I think your second is my third. My second's Altuve. Yeah, that's my third. Yeah, yeah, Altuve. He another guy. You know what you're gonna get. You may hate him because he's on the Astros, but. They only improved this offseason with um, bringing in Jose Abreu. Altuve hit 328 home runs. I'm shocked he only had 57 RBIs. That's kind of almost looks like a like an error, but that's that's what he had last last season. I I feel like Jazz's ceiling isn't that much higher than Ho- than Altuve's ceiling, and Altuve's floor is so much higher than um, Jazz's floor. That's kind of why. I have Altuve a few spots ahead of him. My thing is one, it is the RBIs. Like it's if we were doing regular, like just base, like baseball position rankings, like who's the best at playing second base, Altuve would be. I mean, he'd probably be first because if we were doing that, I don't think I would count Mookie Betts as <laughs> who's the best at playing second base. Oh. Altuve in that sense would probably be my best, but um, he had. It's tough because that low RBI rate, like that matters in fantasy. Yeah, it does. Me. The thing, the thing that Altuve has turned himself into is he's turned himself into a pole hitting fly ball hitter that's just praying to hit some home runs. But the problem is he doesn't make like crazy contact. 7.7% barrel rate. That's literally like 
0.2% above league average. He had a 80, was it 85.9 mile per hour average exit below. I think league average is like 88.4. Mm-hmm. Like that was his, his worst average exit below of his entire career. His hard hit rate, 29.5% last year, was the third worst of his entire career. Uh, the last two lower than that were 2017 and 2015 when Altuve wasn't entirely Altuve. Like he, was, he doesn't have the body or the frame. I mean, he's only like 5'4". He doesn't have the frame to be a pole-hitting power hitter. He doesn't hit for that much power. And so, like, yeah, he had the 28 home runs last year. He had the 39 doubles, which is cool. But a pull-hitting power hitter, when you're that small, that's going to be the quickest thing to decline that there is. He's not the 200-hit-per-season the guy that's going to be an on-base machine nonstop. He was on base quite a bit because of the walk rate, but the, I don't know. I, I don't trust those power numbers to translate over to this year. Yeah, he's definitely on, on the decline of his career, but looking back to, like, I feel like he could still get to 25 home runs. He's going to have more than seven RBIs. He has to. That's that, that's a crazy number. Just, But it's just batting leadoff for the Astros. That's what happens when um, the other eight, nine hitters are, are McCormick and Maldonado. But Pena is seven, Tucker is six. So hopefully they can get on base and Chaz McCormick and Maldonado can do something to get on base for Altuve. But I could see Altuve possibly going back to how he was before with not as much power, but just more contact. I mean, he had 341, 338, 346 in, in full seasons in 2014, 16, and 17. Still with some power there. 24 home runs, 81 RBIs in his MVP season. I think this is going to be one of those guys that's just an annoying, annoying son of a bitch here to play against. And he's going to continue to be one of the best second basemen in, in the league and fantasy baseball. Yeah. And I mean, I will say, like, when we're this high, like, I have my. Uh, second base rankings on fantasy pros i have him like tiered out as well like i have mookie betts is just in a tier by himself kind of like how you talked about jt Romuso, like you think he should just be a tier by himself for second base mm-hmm. i have mookie betts just he's uh, the yeah. number one tier i agree yeah i i, I think there's a tier i i think i do tiers differently than you because you said you have three tiers for this but i feel like betts i made four. Own, i made four that's his own tier then here's a tier here's a tier of probably two or three guys and then another tier of two or three below them and then just the rest the rest that are just take a flyer on that's literally what i have i have bets and then my next tier is four guys next tier is three guys and then mm-hmm. everybody else yeah uh, yeah that, so like that, with chisholm and altuve for me like it's not that much of a difference for me i think altuve has the higher floor but i think chisholm has the way higher ceiling so it's kind of splitting hairs but neither one's a terrible option it's it's how just, it's how risk averse you are. If you want to take a big swing, take Jazz. If you want to have you know a solid guy at second base, take Altuve. And yeah, and see, I'm more thoughts popping into my head as we go. That's also part of the reason why I have Chisholm so high because you, if you want Altuve, you got to get him in the third round. I don't know ADP off the top of his head, but I've done so many of these fantasy pros draft simulator things lately that first few rounds is like embedded in my brain. You got to get Altuve in the third round. That's when he comes up ADP wise. He won't make the turn into the fourth round. Uh, Chisholm, you can get in the fifth round, sixth round sometimes even. So he's he has a higher ceiling. He has the potential. Chisholm could put up a 35-35 season, and you can get him two to three rounds later in your draft, and you can use those extra rounds. You could take, you could take uh, I don't know, third rounder, 
like somebody like Corbin Burns, maybe if he falls to the third round or a second tier pitcher, like a, I don't even know, freaking Verlander or somebody up there. Like you, <laughs> you have that option. Yeah. Like you have that option. And so I think that does make jazz slightly more valuable for me as well. Yeah. And looking at the, uh, NFBC, all drafts, uh, ADP since January. So this calendar year, it's not that far apart. Altuve is 34.5. Jazz, 42.88. But they're, they're behind a second baseman we have not mentioned yet. Or I mentioned him in passing, but we haven't <laughs> gone over yet here. Um, Marcus Semyon here up at 34.47. I have Semyon third overall. Do you have Semyon fourth? I have him fourth. He was okay. one that I swapped him in jazz. That and was yeah. my, when I moved jazz up to two, I swapped him. Yeah. I, I mean, Semyon has been a guy that last season took a, took a bit of a step back in, in first year in Texas after just an incredible year, one year in Toronto, had a good 2019 in, in Oakland, 33 home runs. So he has the power. He has the average, too. He hit 285 that year. Maybe we'll see that come back. But either way, I think he's just like – he's a step down or two from Altuve. You're not going to get the average, but you're going to get the power. You're going to get the RBIs. You're going to get the stolen bases, too. I didn't realize he had 25 stolen bases last year. And that should be a better Rangers lineup this year, just better team overall. You got Semyon projecting the leadoff, which is kind of weird. Then Seager and Lowe and Garcia. So, yeah, I, I like Semyon a lot as a guy that could be overlooked a bit based off him having a quote-unquote down season last year. Yeah, his down season was kind of what we talked about a couple episodes ago, how it seems like a lot of players started really slow last year because of the lockout and all of that. It mm-hmm. kind of threw everything off. I mean, his first 47 games last year, he hit one home run in those 47 games. He hit 157 in March and April. He hit 233 in May. But then after that, uh, June, seven home runs, July, six home runs, August, six home runs, September, October, six home runs. He hit 283 to end out the year with 10 doubles and six home runs with 19 RBI. Like he's he is an elite option. Last year's beginning of the season, that really slow start just really skewed his numbers quite a bit. And I'm curious about that speed as well, because I think wasn't that a, it was like almost double his Previous career high or something like that. Just some absurd number. For um, shout out Fangrass. I'm gonna mention this on every episode that we do. Shout 15, out Fangrass for all the ads. He had 15 the year before. 10, yeah. 14, 12 in Oakland. Maybe Texas is just uh, more aggressive, or he's hitting. I don't know. Maybe he's he's they're just more aggressive and he, and he found a found something. Who knows? He just said, "Fuck it. If I can't hit, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal." I'm going to be useful in some way. And as you were saying to his horrible start, yeah, up until May 24th, he hit a hundred, he hit 177. Um, I think he had no home runs. Yeah. And then after that, after that, from May 25th onward in um, 500 at bats, he hit 26 home runs, 20, 74 RBIs and um, 271 batting average, which goes out to 35 home runs, 99 RBIs in a full season. So, Semyon being drafted above Altuve kind of makes sense for that reason, if he still has a good uh, baseball savant page to back it up. I mean, in that from that May 25th on, like you mentioned, 8% barrel rate, 37% hard hit rate, 88-mile-an-hour average exit velo. Not crazy. His launch angle was super high, though, 21 degrees. 
So I, I think that does kind of play to the park a little bit, the home park, because they are known as more of a, a hitter park than a, a pitcher park. But he's a guy that he tends to hit it into the gaps a lot. He's got a fairly high line drive rate last year, 21%, which isn't half bad. Uh, he pulled the ball quite a bit, though, so I'm curious to see if the shift is going to help him this year. Uh, see, he was shifted 75% of the time last year. His Woba with the shift was 316, but that was 320. So it was like even. But I don't know how much that first two months of the season messed with those numbers. So that's me cherry picking stats because when it's like vastly different, I never mentioned that at all for anybody else. But for him, you know, I'm going to mention that just because, I mean, he hit 45 home runs in 2021 and then he hit one home run in the first 47 games of 2022. So something was going on there steroids just <laughs> no i mean th- not putting you, that narrative out there no you always bring up the, the slow starts and not having like a normal spring training and lead up to the season and that's exactly right like we didn't even have this lead up with the excitement for baseball season because we weren't 100 percent sure there would be one and and the players didn't know also so th- i think them having a full spring training will uh definitely help them and that's kind of where I have my tier, at least. I have Betts in his own tier, and then I think Altuve and Semien are kind of pretty similar for me. Yeah, and so I'm guessing your number five may be the same as mine, and this is going to end up looking like the first base. Well, well, before we get there, let's make sure we shout out our sponsor, WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, also known as WinBet's Build Your Own Bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions on WinBet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through is available. If you're a 70-year-old gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I have to admit, I'm so happy that we're back recording right now. I felt like a little, pe- a little piece of me was missing. Although I did, I used our downtime to, I wrote a shitload. Like my first Fantasy Pros article is pending publishment. Is publishment a word? No. Publishing. Dang, look at me signing. So I talk about writing and then I said publishment. It's pending publishing. So we'll see. It's supposed to go out on the 5th, but I think it might go out a little early since I busted my freaking ass to get that thing written, especially a little inside the writing world. I had one of those moments where I tend to write in. This is not has nothing to do with second base ratings, but I tend to write in uh, sections and then I kind of format my articles at the end. And I wrote out this whole like 500 word like section. And then when I wrote the other two sections, I realized that that first section I wrote was completely because it's supposed to go at the end. It was completely irrelevant. And so I had to delete the entire 500 words <laughs> and write a new ending. That sucked. That hurt me to select all that and hit delete. That fucking sucked. But such is life when you're a writer. Yeah, make, make, sure, make sure you make sure you check out those uh, articles. They're like podcasts, but in like written form. Yeah, you know where I sound smarter because I have spell check and stuff like that. Uh, but going on to our fifth, wait, I didn't my say fifth. my. 
I don't think I said my fourth. I think your fourth. Ooh, I think has is to probably be my fifth. fifth. Is it uh, Ozzy Albies? It is Ozzy Albies. Ozzy Albies, yes. He's a. Uh, I think he could be threatening Altuve. I mean, I think he could be threatening that tier if he has a uh, another good full season here. He was obviously hampered by injuries last season. Only played 64 games. Year before though, hit 30 home runs, 106 RBIs, um, hit 259. Pretty good Braves lineup there. He should be hitting. I could see him hitting like two or six, depending on how hot he is, how how well he comes back. But right now, I have him in sixth behind. Um, Sean Murphy there, which isn't great, but you know against lefties, I think he, I think he's much better against lefties. Will probably be up the order there, especially with Michael Michael Harris Jr. hitting second. Yeah, Albies is somebody who coming off an injury injury, people may not want to take him, so maybe I'll get him a little bit later. And he has the potential to be just as good. I mean, I think his floor is probably what Semyon did last year. Like he hit 26 home runs, 83 RBIs, hit 248. As long as Albie stays healthy, he should probably get around there. I think so. I'm just a little curious to see what he comes back looking in spring training. He's somebody that I might bump up my ratings a little bit once I get my eyes on some of these guys in spring training, just because uh, he did only play that 60-whatever games, but a lot of his metrics didn't look great. He had a 5.4% barrel rate last year. He was at 9.3 and 9.1 the two years prior. 87% average or 87 mile per hour average exit below. One of the worst of his career. Uh, 26.5% hard hit rate. Literally the worst of his career. Uh, I don't know. Like, I I want to see the old Aussie Albies because, like, 2021 Aussie Albies was fucking cool to watch play baseball. Like, him and Acuna in the same lineup. Absolutely not. 40 doubles, 7 triples, 30 home runs. He did the same in 2019 and 2018. I just I want to see if that can come back just because he's he wasn't hitting the ball as hard and he turned into more of a pole hitter last year, which was odd. I mean, he was pulling the ball was that 45 percent of the time this last year. Yeah, 44 percent of the time. I I don't know. I want to see him put the ball on the ground a little more, use some of that speed become more of a line drive guy because he's one of those guys that's a line drive guy with some power. So a lot of those line drives will turn into home runs. I don't want him to become a fly ball hitter because then it, it's going to be the Altuve effect where you become a, a pole hitting fly ball guy. And the second that power gets zapped a little for any reason, your game starts to decline. And he's only 26. I don't want that to happen. Yeah, and that also could just be his – I was looking at if he like played through an injury, but it looks like he went – on the IL and then came back for two games and had a finger injury. So that, 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 but I think it's what we talked about with, with Semyon is that not having the, the full spring training. So he didn't, I mean, he started out hot, but then he just cooled off. So maybe he wasn't in shape, wasn't really ready to go, but you know, more than a full off season for him after only playing in two games after June 13th. So he should be uh, itching to get back at it. And like I said, the Braves have, have a solid lineup there. So I think Albies is pretty much, it's, he's the start of, of my third tier here after after Betts and then Altuve and Semi. And then it's it's Albies and then like a bunch of guys here. Yeah, he's the end of my end of my second tier at my number five. And then uh, my number five, we we talked much about him is uh, Jazz Chisholm. Do you have what are your thoughts Love on him being five for me? 
I mean, you said you had um, four. You said right before. I, I understand it. Yeah, he was, I had him number four before the outfield stuff, and then I swapped him and Simeon. I kept on two B eight three, but I I understand it. I think when I looked at uh, I don't know, I don't remember how many of us are on the expert rankings thing for fantasy pros. I think there's like twenty of us or twenty two of us. I think I I have Jazz ranked the highest out of everybody. Yeah, you would. And so I'm not surprised. So I think your spot is about number five. I think that's about right. Just because if I were to look at it the opposite way of how I was talking earlier, like, yeah, he's had a lot of injuries, things like that. So maybe he shouldn't be at number mm-hmm. two, but I, I'm just factoring the fun, the vibes, factoring yeah. the vibes. You know, we're big on vibes around here. Yeah, love it. Uh, number six, though, my number six is a little different, and I didn't realize how different it was until I did look at uh, all the other experts' rankings. Well, yeah, this uh, is where I, it just starts to get like, okay, I would not take a second baseman besides one of the top five in the first like ten or twelve rounds. Like, if you don't get one of the, the top five we just talked about, wait it out for for one of these guys. You can just grab them later, unless you have some significant personal preference. Because after this, the the list gets kind of wacky. Yeah, see, so this is where I personally, at number six, have Jeff McNeil as my number six. Okay. Which I think most people have him in the 12 to 15 range. But I absolutely love that season he put together last year. Hit 326, 39 doubles, only nine home runs, but that's okay. When you're hitting 326, you can have a little less power. And fantasy, he stole four bases. Not great, but, you know, but only a 10% K rate, which is incredible. And it's not even the best of his career. He had a 9% K rate in 2018. So, like, he's he's been a low K rate guy before. He makes pretty solid contact on the ball. Uh, in terms of hard hit rate, maybe 30%. He only had a 2.7% barrel rate. But this is the interesting thing. Um. The usually the speedy guys with less power have a lower barrel rate because your barrel rate, how hard you hit the ball is determined into the barrel rate. So when you don't make incredibly hard contact, you don't usually have the high barrel rate. So the 2.7 percent barrel rate is fine. This is me justifying (laughs) him at number six after loving a good barrel rate. But like he puts the ball on the ground quite a bit. 23 percent last year. Or no, 41% last year. Good line drive rate, though. 23.8% line drive rate. He he hits the ball where he needs to hit it to get on base. And they got a lot of boppers in that lineup, so he's going to score 100 runs. He had 62 RBIs last year, too. So he it's going to be a big year for him. I think he hits 300 again. I think probably eight home runs. But that 10% K rate, I absolutely love. Yeah, McNeil, I have him... I ended up putting him at 12th because I, I want to have I wanted to have him on the rankings, but I, I think I had him up at eight or seven earlier when I was just moving him around because, yeah, like like you said, he's gonna hit 300. He he bats actually fifth for the match projected, which I mean, Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso, those guys should get on base, and then McNeil makes contact, puts it in play, and and gets on base and drives him in. So he'll he'll get the counting stats, he'll, he'll get the average, he'll. He'll get enough total bases. He had 39 doubles last year. Maybe steals you can't talk about. He had four, but yeah. But yeah, McNeil. 
he he'll be owned in your league. He, he's going to be one of these in this group of of many where it's like, okay, if I want a second baseman late, I'll wait on McNeil or this other guy. If one of them is available, my next pick, I'll take him. Like he, I'm not going to be reaching for McNeil or really anyone on this list after after those. Yeah, five. no, no, and nobody should. I mean, he but. I mean, he's also higher in my rankings because he has the outfield eligibility also. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you know, don't reach for anybody after that first, like the first five. Yeah, you don't really need to. You don't need to worry about second base for a while because in a perfect drafting world, you should be keying in on getting one of those top five second basemen. You need one of them if you want to have a good draft. You need to find a way to take one of those. But if for whatever reason you don't and you miss out on one, then just wait because. Example for me, just looking farther down my list of my rankings, like I have Ryan McMahon at number 18. Like if you I'm completely fine with you waiting till way later in the draft to take Ryan McMahon. Yeah, I don't even have him on on my 12 plus six guys. I can throw out those flyers, but he's he's absolutely a fine second baseman. And I think he's other position eligible, too. So he's a fine utility guy. But just to second what you said and to piggyback off a little bit. Make sure you, if you don't get one of the top five first base, first, uh, second baseman, make sure you get a, at least one player with second base eligibility so you're not just trying to look at the waiver wire all season long for a batting position. Yeah, because you're very quickly going to realize how much it's going to suck to put just kind of one of these ragtag guys in there at some point. So get yeah. somebody. And then you end up overpay- so overpaying in, in trade for a second baseman if, if your league does trade. So. My uh, what we're at six here. I have, I have. I think this is more of just a consensus pick here. It's Fantasy Pros has them seven. Uh, I did want to mention Fantasy Pros for uh, Jeff McNeil had a pretty wide range here. The best is sixth, which I guess is yours, and the worst is twenty ninth. So people, definite, definitely a wide range of uh, predictions there for him. I have Andre Jimenez of the uh, Guardians, second base shortstop eligible. Uh, 297 last year, 17 home runs, 69 RBIs, 20 steals. Good lineup there in Cleveland. Added uh, Josh Bell. Still have Jimenez projected to hit fifth between Bell and Josh Naylor. Oscar Gonzalez there after him as well. I think he's becoming somebody who you can count on something like his like his last season. I mean, last season might be his ceiling, but it's going to be 15 home runs, 60 RBIs, hit close to 300. Good enough steals, you know. Put up the, enough counting stats where you're you're comfortable having him at, at, as your second baseman. Yeah, uh, he's my number seven, so I think I'm right in line right line with fantasy pros. Yeah, one under you. Uh, the Bat X has him projected pretty much the identical season as last year, minus the average. They have him at 259 for this coming year instead of closer to 300. But he made all the improvements last year that you want to see in a guy that makes that jump up to good status. I almost said elite and I freaking had to catch myself there. Somebody that jumps up to good status in terms of fantasy. I've been talking about line drive rates a lot. He went from 12% line drive rate in 2021 up to 21% last year. He's making the better contact. He's pulling the ball less, hitting it right at the middle a lot more, which is going to play well in the non shift world and makes a shit ton of medium contact. 56.2% 56.2% media, which like, hell yeah, that's perfect for line drives That 23% line or 21% line drive it with that good medium contact. Nice. 
he does everything you want to do. He steals bases, hits some home runs. It's going to be right around 25 doubles. He can sneak in some triples every once in a while. And the bigger bases, I mean, he was 20 for 23 on stolen bases last year. He could end up, he could steal 25, and it wouldn't surprise me this coming year. Yeah. Um, let's move down to seven here. You said you have him in as there. Um, I just made a quick on-the-fly change here. I don't know if I like it or not for my seven. Um, <laughs> I, mo- I moved up Jorge Polanco a slot here to go to number seven. Ooh. Had a had a down year last year. Only had 16 home runs, hit 235, only 104 games, so had some injuries there. But year before, 33 home runs, 98 RBIs. He had a 22 home run season in 2019. Made the All-Star game, hit 295. I think Polanco, you know, second base, uh, shortstop as well. No, nope, just second base for now. The Twins should have a competitive lineup with uh, Correa back. Maybe if Joey Gallo can find something, Buxton, if he can stay healthy. Um, yeah, so I think Polanco is another guy that clearly could be in a wide range of outcomes here. But I, 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 I think it, I think this is pretty solid for him at seven. Yeah, uh, he had kind of an odd year last year. His second half, he only played 29 games, but he hit 208. A lot of that was probably from injury. His first half of the year, though, was pretty good. He hit 245 with 10 doubles and 14 home runs, so he had the power stroke still. Only stole three bases. Eh. But, yeah, he's a guy I see talked about a lot on Twitter. A lot of people think he's very underrated coming into the season. So you bumping him up to, what did you say, seven? Yeah. That, that doesn't bother me at all. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's a good choice. He's a guy that did, like you said, hit 33 home runs two years ago, so... And he had a career best walk rate last year, 14%. That's an awesome walk rate. So if he can do anything close to that again next year, very deserving of number seven, especially with how kind of jumbled up this tier of second baseman could be. All right. Who, who you got at eight here? Number eight, I have Tommy Edmond. He was my, uh, in my big money league last year, he was my second baseman for the entire year, actually. That's who I just had at seven and uh, moved down to eight and then nine now as well. Uh, I, I don't, I don't Free understand. Falling. I don't understand the Tommy Edmund love. I mean, he's 27, gonna be 28 in May. This is what he is. Dozen home runs, 50 RBIs, hits 265. I guess he has speed, 30, 32 stolen bases last two seasons. If you're, if you're into that, go for that. But, Outside of that, he just looks like a very average second baseman. Yeah, I mean he's he's boring as hell. Like that's a good way to put it. I mean, uh, he doesn't have any stats that look great, but nothing really. I don't know. Nothing's really bad either. The 32 stolen bases is probably his best stat that he has. And he scored yeah. 95 runs. He's 90 plus runs okay, the last two that's years. Good. Yeah. That's good, but I mean, other than that, like, I mean, 56 and 57 RBIs, he's literally had like identical seasons the last <laughs> two years. He had two more home runs last year, two more stolen bases last year, one more RBI last year, and hit 265 instead of 262. It's, that is what Tommy Edmond is. <laughs> and so I, he's okay. I guess there could be some excitement around the just improvement in the Cardinals lineup around him. Wilson Contreras coming in for Yadier Molina, uh, Brendan Donovan there, Jordan Walker likely making the team out of out of camp as uh, one Blake Meyer predicts here. Lars Nupar mm-hmm. and Lars we trust. Dylan Carlson has another year under his belt. So maybe it's just Edmund's going to be their leadoff hitter and he's going to get those counting stats and he's consistent. But I'm not going to draft him in the – his uh, NFBC also surprised me. His ADP is 72.83. Ahead of Jimenez, oh. 
and also ahead of okay, someone else we haven't talked about yet, but yeah. He's <laughs> that's too he's, high. He's uh Albies is forty nine, Edmund is seventy two, and then Jimenez is eighty two. That yeah, that's too high. Uh, that's yeah. too high. Unless it's like I, five I, by five when you really value steals, like as one of the categories, but I don't. I don't really either, just because I think steals are gonna be really cheap in 2023 and so i mean he will be one of the elite steals options but even then like, i i could fill in that steals role with a couple guys later on that'll hit 30 home runs but they both steal 10 bases mm-hmm. it, i think it it more than makes up the difference for me so yeah. who you got next then uh, uh my uh number eight he was nine i just moved him up to swap him with edmund probably just because he has more exciting stats uh Glaber Torres of the of the New York Yankees here. I think a similar position where it's a it's a good lineup, obviously a good ballpark to play in. Fangraph does has have him projected to lead off ahead of Aaron Judge, ahead of Anthony Rizzo, Stanton. So should be able to get those counting stats up. Um, 24 home runs last year at 38 home runs in 2019. 24 is rookie year. He's still on the 26. Like he feels like he's been on the Yankees forever, which he, I mean he has. It's going to be a sixth sixth season here, but he's still young. Um, I haven't looked at his baseball savant page yet, but he's a guy I've been getting a lot in my best ball draft too, just because I typically get get a Yankee and I pair and I pair him with Glaber because he's an infielder. He, he falls, and uh, yeah, I could see him falling after you know. I I think. Yankees fans don't really like him from, from what I understand or what, when I read. So he's just another yeah. kind of, I think he's above average here, second baseman and could really help you out in the power department. He's somebody that uh, the more we're talking about him or like right now, I, yeah. I, I really like Glaber Torres. I, I'm going to move him above uh, Tommy Edmond, which somebody's probably listening to this right now after I put the <laughs> out and like, why the hell would you do that? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> he plays in a little kids, what they call it, a little league, a little league ballpark. He had, like his first half of the year last year was fucking good. I mean, and his his second half wasn't even that bad. But first half, 81 games, he hit 268 with 18 doubles, 14 home runs, 41 RBIs. That's a pretty fucking good first half. Second half, he only played 59 games, had 10 doubles, 10 home runs, 35 RBIs in 59 games. He's gonna score runs. He's gonna knock in some RBIs. He had a 10.7% barrel rate last year, best of his career. Average exit velo, 90.4 miles an hour, best of his career. Uh, where is that? Hard hit rate, 45.3%. Best of his career by a mile. Like he's very underrated. Like I guess that's a good way to put it. Very underrated because even like before we recorded this, I knew all of this about him, but I was just kind of like, eh, like, Yankees fans are down on him. There's got to be a reason that they're kind of all down on him over there. And they might just be down on him because they have those young guys like Volpe and uh, mm-hmm. I can't. The other one's escaping my mind right now. They might just be down on Glaber because they are so excited about those young guys. Yeah, because I mean, he's like he's like the Tommy Edmund of the Yankees. You know what you're going to get with him, but you have these guys waiting in the wings and. Yeah, it does feel like he's like this guy that Yankees fans want to get rid of, or he's like this just washed up veteran. But he's he's still young. He should still be able to to produce for them, especially if he's given the leadoff spot there. I think it would be uh, a good spot for him. Yeah, and I, I, our rankings are kind of turning into our first ranking, or our first base rankings. Yeah, like where uh, we're one off. Like number ten, I have I have Polanco at ten. You're Polanco ten, okay. And Glaber's nine for me. 
I thought you just moved Glaber up to eight. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that, yeah my so, bad. So we have the Glaber's exact. Eight. We have the exact same one, eight, and nine, and the rest are like one off. <laughs> um, my my tenth here. I, I was. I have a question mark next to him. I wasn't sure about him, but looking at like rankings around, it seems to be about where he is. Uh, Brandon Lowe of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I think last year was just a down year for him. I really like the ceiling that he has of 39 home runs the year before. He's not going to hit for average, but he he has that ceiling of, of 39 home runs. He had eight home runs in 65 games last year, which isn't bad for, for a shortened season. Uh, probably what's that? 25 home runs on a, on a full season. Rays are still always, Rays are always just a sneaky good team. I remember talking about that. One of our first shows, the Rays are just always a sneaky good team that are in the mix for the playoffs. You should be hitting uh, cleanup, Fangraph says, behind Rosarina, Franco, and Yandy Diaz. So I think I think Lowe is is somebody that you can definitely wait on. He's another one of the, one of the second basemen that you wait to see if you can get him. Maybe try to get him and someone like a, like a Jeff McNeil, and you have a power hitter and you have an average hitter, and hopefully they combine to be uh, a a good second baseman. Yeah, I have I have Lowe farther down. I put him at 15. But again, I mean, like everything for me, like 10, 10 on down is yeah. my like my fourth tier. So like every they're not that far off. I have him down. I loved the 39 home runs a couple years ago. I just need to be able to see if he can do that again. My biggest issue with him was he had the low batting average, but a lot of it is because he seemed to forget how to hit breaking and off speed pitches last year. In 2021, he hit 243 off of breaking pitches. And uh, only 218 off of off-speed. But last year, he hit 189 off of breaking pitches and 173 mm. off of off-speed. He improved against fastballs, but everything else, he hit three total home runs off of breaking and off-speed pitches last year, which is not ideal. So I I need to see some kind of uh, improvement because it wasn't even just bad luck. Like his whiff rate, was 43% and 42.2%, which is a huge jump from the year prior. So I want to see that he can make the contact necessary to be like a 30-plus home run guy again. It's there because you don't just hit 39 home runs by accident in a season. you got to have the ability to do that. So he, I could move him up from 15 if I could see that power in spring training. Yeah, yeah definitely. And him as well as this next guy on my rankings is someone who – you know, we talk about the uh, the shift and it impacting the, these hitters, and you know maybe it's not going to impact them as much as we thought. You know, that's probably a whole episode we can discuss that. But you know, he was shifted a lot. He's your prototypical lefty power hitter, and maybe that that helps him out a bit if he can if he can make more contact. I mean, that, that whiff rate is just just incredibly bad. Um, but yeah, at eleven here, I have Max Muncie. Max Muncie, another guy. Just coming off a, a horrible down season, he hit what, 191. Still had those 21 home runs, 69 RBIs. Um, he's had 35 or more home runs in 2018, 2019, and 2021. So he has that power if he is healthy. And another guy that, like I said, with, with Brandon Lowe, he's shift a ton. He's one of these left-handed hitters that should hopefully see his average go up from that. And I noticed this when I was thinking about moving him out, out of my rankings. He's third base eligible. So that adds another oh, yeah. value to him because third base is one of the uh, weakest spots. He'll probably be drafted as a third baseman before you could get him as a second baseman. 
Yeah, because I think on my, I, mean, I guess I could look real fast on my third base rankings. Where do I have Muncie? Let me just peek real quick, a little inside for next episode. Uh, eh. I got to tweak some of my third base <laughs> rankings. I got to tweak them a little bit. Uh, but uh, my big thing with Muncie, I have him at the exact same spot as you. It's 11. I think he had a higher upside than that, though. But always has the high walk rate, 16% walk rate last year. His 196 average, I take all of his down numbers last year and throw them completely out the window. Last year was uh, essentially a throwaway season for Muncie after he had that, was it the UCL surgery before? Mm-hmm. And it just fucked him up completely. And he came back and wasn't, he was healed. He just, he wasn't like fully 100% and decided to say, fuck it, I'm just going to play this season. So for me, it was essentially a throwaway season and he still hit 21 home runs and 22 doubles in a throwaway season. I think, I don't think he's going to hit 250 like he did the year before, but I don't see why he couldn't either, though, because outside the COVID season, he hit 251 and 263 the two years prior to that, 35 plus home runs all those seasons. I think this could be another 230, 240 season where he hits 30, 32 home runs, has a crazy high on base percentage and is a points league monster. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more I'm, I'm talking myself into Muncie being someone that I, I I try to target. Like in the his ADP on NFBC is 131.76, so that's what, 11th, 12th round. Maybe that's I think that's a good spot for to get one of these utility guys to, especially with second base and third base eligible. I think Muncie's going to be, especially if he shows some power or some some good hitting in spring training, he'll be one of these guys that's on a lot of those those articles. Like, oh, guys to not miss in your in your in your draft. Yeah, I have uh, one of our writers writing a, an article similar to that. One of the like the late round guys you don't want to miss on type articles mm-hmm. later in the month, and I'm curious to see who's going to put on there. It wouldn't surprise me if Muncy's name pops up on there. Yeah, right. and twelfth, twelfth for me is uh, Jeff McNeil, who we talked about before. You're sixth, so uh, who rounds out your top twelve? The person that rounds mine out is Von Grissom. I think I'm the highest on him as well in the fantasy pros rankings it, oh, some, someone's honest, at 11. Like, when, someone has an 11 it says here did they really okay good because i was going to say like i have i do my <laughs> own rankings every year like i have a very specific way that i do them i'm not going to spill the secret sauce nobody gets to know that i get to know that myself it's just vibes. but i <laughs> yeah solely vibe based that's it but it it's there's something very intimidating about the fact that when you actually do like professional rankings for fantasy pros and all of a sudden you're like two or three players in and realize that you're the highest on all of those players <laughs> at that point, then all of a sudden you start to like second guess yourself a little bit and all that. But I got to I got to stay the course. I'm completely sold on Von Grissom. I think he has 2020 ability. At least he has the ability to hit 300. So. To be a 2020 guy that hits 300, he absolutely deserves a spot in my top 12. There's a reason that the Braves let Dansby Swanson walk. Uh, his name is Vaughn Grissom. If he didn't ball out like he did last year, Dansby Swanson would probably be the starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. But in 41 games last year, five home runs, five stolen bases. Uh, where was his uh, barrel rate? We love that. 7.4%. Not otherworldly, but pretty solid. 34% hard hit rate. He had a 440 slugging and a 412 X slugging, so like it's it's a real it's a real deal number. Like he he has the ability to hit in the way he needs to hit. Big time pull guy though. 
which could be helpful with no shift. But yeah, like I, I think he has a lot of upside. If you take his minor league numbers into account, he hit 19 home runs, stole 32 bases last year, scored. I don't really want to count runs, but he scored 96 runs in a hundred and like 135 games. Like he, he had a damn good season last year. So I think the upside is there. We'll have to see it happen, but I can easily put him at 12. Yeah. I have Von Grissom in one of my extra guys that we're going to give away after, but speaking of giveaways, SGPN is giving away a thousand dollars in their big game squares contest. It's completely free to free to enter. All you need to do is follow the Sports Gambling Podcast on Spotify and give them a rating. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash squares to enter for your chance to win a free big game square. And also make sure to sign up on the SGPN app and get your own big game bingo card full of all, all your favorite big game prop bets. If you get bingo, you'll win a $57 SGPN gift card. Only catch is you must be subscribed to the Sports Gambling Podcast and NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube to win. Free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. You want to throw your uh, little extra couple guys in there real yeah, quick? Yeah, uh, I got six guys here. Uh, Jonathan India, I think he's a young player that people have forgotten about just because, you know, he's a red and people don't really pay attention to the reds. But two years ago, 21 home runs, 269, 600 RBIs. Could see a, a similar outcome there from him as he returns from, you know, a, a bit of a down year. Uh, I've Grissom there. With Merrifield, I think, you know, change of scenery last year had to go you know, across the border, kind of a culture shock possibly for him after spending his whole year in KC. Could see him returning to form. Uh, Luis Arias, if you want someone late for average. Uh, Cattell Marte, we talked about. And this last guy, I, I thought about putting significantly higher in the rankings, possibly top 10. I oh, could, shit. I could see him being top, like, seven or eight uh brandon drury for he signed with the angels had a great season last year 28 home runs first base second base third base eligible so he's going to be someone probably i'm targeting you know in the late teens as a uh as an option that's a vibes pick i like that he's been a guy that i picked in the uh draft simulator quite often is like a more like a bench guy mm-hmm. just because he has first base where's he at first base second base third base eligibility like you you could plug and play him in anywhere i'm fairly similar with a lot of those guys i kind of have them around the whit merrifield to have farther down actually and can tell marte i have marte at 22 merrifield at 20 but india i have at 14 and drury i have at 17 but again these guys are all kind of similar to me in in different ways so you could re- you can mix them up and it's not that different like i have a rise at 13 Brandon Lowe at 15. I got Cronenworth at 16. I, I completely forgot about him yet. He's people love Cronenworth. I don't know if, where he's going to be hitting in that Padres lineup. I think he's he normally hit sixth or seventh. Uh, Fangraphs has him fifth between Bogarts and Cruz. Ooh, that, that's Ooh. a that's a nice spot right there. And he's first, second, and shortstop eligible. Here, Cronenworth is another another one that I, I would look to pair with another second baseman to get. Just try to get two guys with multiple position eligibility if you don't get one of the top like five or six. Yeah, that's big, especially when it comes to second baseman. Like for a guy like when we do our outfield rankings, when we get to that point, I'm not going to be too worried about if they're outfield plus a different thing. Because if I'm drafting them for outfield, I just need to play outfield, especially you you have like three to five outfield spots. So it works. 
But when you get these like middle infield guys, I love guys that play multiple positions because you kind of need that uh, roster flexibility to move them around quite a bit, especially with how average a lot of these guys seem to be. Like it's okay to draft you one that you kind of like as your starter and then grab one of these Brandon Drury or Jake Cronenworth types that play a few positions that you can throw out there just in case. Yeah, absolutely. And then speaking of the outfield ranks, it, it, that episode's going to be interesting. I don't know if we're just going to have to like do like our, our tiers because there, there's way too many outfielders to rank in one episode. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure out how, how we do that. Yeah, we're going to have to. It's going to have to be one of them nighttime episodes where we got a little oh, extra yeah. time to record because that's going to be that's going to be a banger of an episode. In, in our first base, in our outfield rankings, we're not we're not debating like Judge versus Tucker versus Betts. We're like, OK, these are first round guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not. I'm not. We're not going to sit here and argue why Ronald Acuna might be better than Julio Rodriguez in the first round. Like, we're not yeah. doing that. We already did our our top twelve kind of first round rankings a few weeks ago now, and we'll definitely do that again. I think before, hopefully before March. Because I think that's something people definitely want. I, I've been thinking about doing, and I'm giving this idea to to Blake live here, doing like a uh, draft strategy from each position. For, for an episode like Hell okay yeah. if you have first who should we take who should you target second like and try to like script get like, a, get like a draft script for your first three or four picks at each position i love that i'm in on it because i actually already ha- kind of have that for a few positions i'm telling you that the draft simulator thing i think i have done 40 of them <laughs> so far so like i already kind of have a script i know like if i take this position in the first round that uh, somebody at this position will be available in the second round already, like right out of the gate. And then I can pick this person in the second round because I know in the fourth round, this position will be there. And that's like a top three person, Jazz Chisholm, for me at that position. It's like, I, I am so down for that. Yeah. I love the a, idea. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, but also, I, I haven't told you, I uh, ordered a baseball money is fake shirt. You know, it doesn't come in tall sizes, but it, it still fits me a little bit. It still fits me enough to to wear around. It's absolutely beautiful. This shirt is just it's a it's a high quality shirt, too. I, I, I was was not aware. It's a, it's a fantastic shirt. Make sure you uh, check out that at uh, SG.pn slash store, I believe. Or you can uh, check our link tree. Oh, yeah, our link tree. We got it on there. And then I have a hoodie. And got my girlfriend one as well. We wore them out and about this last weekend. Did a little cute, like, we matched in the blue. And then the kids both had blue on as well. Like, it, was, it was a fun time. We looked good. They were comfy. They are warm, which it's freezing cold here in Washington State lately. So the warm hoodie was much needed. And speaking of following us places, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Fake Baseball, the coolest at on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Hit us up with that five-star rating, the review. Those go a long way to helping us grow and give you guys better content, more episodes, everything you would ever want. And you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.